Hey there, this is Brad Geiger welcoming you to another episode of Hey Comics Kids, a podcast that I record along with my 13-year-old son, Alex, and my 10-year-old, Max, during our drive to school. Hey, if you like this show, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash heycomicskids. You can support us for as little as $1 per episode, and you can set a cap on your account so you never get charged for more than what you're comfortable with. All the money goes directly to the kids, and they can spend it however they want to. So sit back, relax, and let's get this show on the road. And we're back. It's another episode of Hey Comics Kids. We're picking up where we left off. We were in such a a rolling discussion last time we uh, recorded, and uh, we wanted to pick right up. Uh, We were talking about a bunch of stuff that you guys were discovering on Netflix. Some old, some new. And uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the Animaniacs. It, it, was there anything more uh, that you guys wanted to discuss about Animaniacs, or had we pretty much done that uh, discussion in? I think I'm pretty good. I feel okay. Like... Alex? I think we covered that pretty well. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, another thing that I know Max has been really into watching has been a, an animated series based on the Avengers called Avengers Assemble. Max, what can you tell us about it? Well, um, okay, so if did you like the uh, the Avengers Ultimate's TLO show? Uh, well, Avengers Assemble is the first two seasons on Netflix, but the but they do a, a whole lot of things like like in like they do every once in a while have Spider-Man in there. Mm-hmm. They'll put Spider-Man in there, and then you can. So and Shield's definitely a part of it, but like there are a lot of really good storylines. Like they cover the Squadron Supreme, and a lot of people say that it's a bad storyline that it doesn't have very good storytelling, and I com- completely disagree. Yeah, it, if you liked Earth Mighty, Earth Mighty, Avengers Earth Mighty's Tears, well, then you're definitely going to like this show. Well, it has a lot of the same villains and a lot and the same voice actors from Avengers, from the Avengers movies. He's and so this is in the same universe as Ultimate Spider-Man. So if you like that series. It's in the same universe, and Spider-Man actually technically becomes an Avenger because the Avenger offers him a spot on on their team, but he says that, well, I already have a team. And then the next thing you know, he makes a new team called the Rap Boys and abandons his old team. Wait a minute, he calls a new team called what? So, um... Just just the one word. Okay. A new team called... Rap Warriors. This is not Avengers, this is more Ultimate Uh Spider-Man. But so, um, basically... So he says that he already has his team that he's sitting with, and then the next season he ditches his old team for the Web Warriors. And who's on the Web Warriors? Well, so far we've been introduced to the characters Iron Spider, Iron Spider, mm-hmm. uh, um, Agent Venom, who they actually did in this, which was really cool, because that's a comic book reference not a lot of that children will get. Mm-hmm. But it's still amazingly good. Because mm-hmm. I know they made a comic series for Agent Venom. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's Scarlet Spider. Okay, so they all 
are spider-themed heroes. Mm -hmm. And there was one more character, the one of the best Spider-Man characters, who's Miles Spider. Spider-Man from the other universe, Spider-Man, I think his name is Miles, mm -hmm. and they have him as one of the Spider-Man. I personally call him Spider-Miles. Spider-Miles? Since he doesn't really is have any... Miles Morales? Yeah, I okay. yeah, that's it. So they use him, and he's, but he's from a different universe. Right. And it's basically, the main thing is that Doc Ock is trying to assemble a new... A, New team of Sinister Six, but on to, but back to Avengers Assemble. Mm -hmm. They've done, they've covered like, they've really got in depth about like kind of like a splitting up, splitting up the team. They've done Scott Lang, Ant, they've done Scott Lang, Ant Man. They've done Monster Island, and they, they've even done the Super Adaptoid. Oh, I think it's called the uh, Awesome Android. I. I I think I may have led you astray. Those are two different characters. I thought it was they were one, doing one, and I think that they were doing the other. So they did the Super Adaptoid, who was really surprising to me because I had never heard of it yet. But it, but I'm pretty sure from asking my dad about it, it was a character in the comics. So they do a lot of references that that the kid, oh, our super villains that the kids here won't that the small kids that. Based on towards one understand, and that's what really makes it cool. Is that is that adults can smile. I know, especially adults that read the comic can smile and say, "Oh yeah, I remember this character." Mm -hmm. And the kids can ask their parents about it, and then they can, and they can learn more about them. Mm -hmm. ah. And it's really an amazing stage. You you owe it to yourself. To give it a try. Alex, have you watched it? Eh, I've watched it. Not as excited, not as enthused not as, as uh, your brother? The others, the, the original one was better. Max, you gonna take that sitting down? Well, I know there's no way to convince my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanna say, like, I feel like you all, you, it really depends on what type of Marvel. What do you like? You you want to you try you want to see the first first episode and stuff, but but try actually sticking with it. Like try seeing the next few episodes and then see how you like it. Okay. I saw. Also, you guys must have discovered on one of the systems. Uh, although discovered is the wrong word because I knew you knew about it, and that is Superhero Squad. And you were watching it the other day, Max, and with your jaw dropped at how awful it was. The voice acting is terrible. Like Iron Man's voice, you it just makes you like Max, you can't watch the voice it. acting. Max, the voice picks like who gets to be like acting mm -hmm. the character. So. Well, but it's also accurate to say voice acting, right? Yeah, I guess so. And the character design, what would you think about the way the characters were drawn? Oh, God, it's just terrible. Mini Marvels was so much better. Well, and, and, and I maybe I hope I'm not telling tales out of school, but if I understand the story right, uh, that superhero squad kind of spelled the end for many marvels because uh, if I if I heard the rumors right uh, Marvel didn't want these two things that were very similar to compete 
and uh, and they went with Superhero Squad instead of Mini Marvels, uh, which may have been one of the, if that's true, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, Superhero Squad. And G-Man is awesome. Oh yeah, G-Man. I feel like we've talked about that show a lot of times. Show G-Man's a. I that, that comic graphic mm -hmm. novel. But yeah, again, it's a it's a great graphic novel. Well, Envy G-Man Awesome Origins, I give five stars to. It is very good. Uh, if you've got kids that are into superheroes, uh, look up, uh, I think he's carried by Image Comics, Chris Giarusso's G-Man series, and of course the Mini Marvels uh, series, all of them. Very, very good. Your kids will love them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, speaking of books that we're reading, this is something that we didn't uh, tease last show. We actually have more to talk about than you guys realize. There's another book. We were uh, down in Maniunk picking uh. up some books at uh, one of our favorite comic shops, uh, Hero Complex on Main Street in Maniunk. And Alex discovered, Invincible. with a little gentle prodding from his father, Invincible by Robert Kirkman, who's of course the creator of The Walking Dead. And now, how many books deep are we into Invincible? Five books deep, I think. Probably like six or with, so. With many more to come. And uh, we finally convinced young Maxwell to give it a try. He's read the first book. Uh, Alex, I'll start with you since you're a little bit further along. Tell us about Invincible and what you think about it. Uh, I can't tell too much because my brother is listening and he's only read the first book. And Don't worry, I can get spoiled. Oh, that's a good, well, no, there's some pretty big spoilers that we do need to avoid. Uh, in terms of the storytelling in general, what, what makes this so good? I mean, it's a, it's a teenage superhero, but, you know, we've seen that since 1960 with Spider-Man. Uh, what makes this so good? I guess I find it as relatable as Spider-Man because I'm about his age. Mm -hmm. I'm going into high school. I know what it feels like to have like a ton of homework and still have something really important in my life. Mm -hmm. And like, I think, yeah, it's, it makes me think of other books and still have it be like original. Mm -hmm. Like the league, the the bleh, the they're kind of Justice League, Guardians of the they're Guardians of Guardians the of the Globe. Thank you. Cannot say things today. Uh, just remind me of the Justice League in every way. Yet they're these completely unique characters at the same time. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Max? Yeah. Well, I haven't really been introduced to the guys of the globe i've heard of them but i've never actually seen them in in like what they look so like what do you think about the things that you have read well i know that i've seen the youtube the, the teens team i think or team mm. teens or there's all of the superhero or the or the chance superheroes. So i really think that the, the toning the popular kids into Bombs because the, that the pilot kids had his. That's why his son committed suicide. Whoa! Back up here. <laughs> Who? The teacher. Yeah, but you never explained that through. You just said the team and then the popular. Okay, so 
because the first book. Okay, so the teen teens how they try and figure out, and they do figure out at the end of the book. Look how one of the persons is turning the popular kids, as it could, as they, as you could say, into living bombs mm. because those popular kids are what made his son and go crazy and commit suicide and the teacher was actually a bomb himself wow so yeah what do you think about the art oh yeah the art's Love amazing the art. it's awesome very detailed very very fitted to uh, a comic book superhero as um, storyline so I, I feel it fits in very well. The thing I like about it, uh, and, and it was Ryan Otley who started the art uh, and then handed it off in the, I think, second or third book. What I love about Otley's art is that it's so crisp and clean and there's every line is seems to be in exactly the right place. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of line work. It's 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 all it's it's very sparse actually. Uh, but the, but it produces such crisp and clean art that it's 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 really kind of a joy to read. Uh, and another, speaking of crisp and clean and really riveting artwork, uh, Alex has just been introduced to yet another graphic novel series that he's right now uh, plunging this one into. I kind of like more than Hellboy. I mean, Invincible. <laughs> well, and, and uh, uh, yes, you, you gave it away. It is Hellboy. Uh, you are about five books deep into the Hellboy graphic novel series. And tell us about Hellboy. Uh, story or like just about... No, tell, us, uh, tell us the beginning of the story. So the beginning of the story is basically there... Hellboy is a demon spawn of... A bunch of Nazis and they wanted they like spawned him into the world to try and get him to turn the tide in World War Two. But he joined the Allies mm -hmm. because they found him first and he like grew up and became this like Ghostbuster, but you know, without machinery and more guns. Right. And so he's doing all that jazz when he comes across these like lizard human people think killer croc but more slimy mm -hmm. and have like really weird tongues that like suck the life out of you or something mm -hmm. and they're basically the seeds of destruction as he meets his um father father or the person who spawned him in um tries to get him to join, you know, he doesn't accept blah blah blah, fire, brimstone, death. And yeah, and um, it basically, every book is like basing itself off of that mm -hmm. while he continues his story and the enemies get deeper and deeper into like how messy what this the topic that this guy like started off like it, it goes really deep catalogy demons demons and a bunch of other like stuff and it's really good i love 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 <laughs> the artwork 
because it. Can you describe the artwork? Because it, it it's very distinctive. Uh, it'd be like hard to explain. It's very shadowy. Um, very good. It has a lot of shadows, which uh really fits it. Um, for a lot of the enemies, if they're like behind them, they'll get like bulgy eyes or something, or like lit up eyes. Um, Where Otley's art was all about sparse lines, Mike Mignola, who uh, is the artist for Hellboy and the writer, uh, his art is all about uh, not necessarily the lines, but uh, defining shapes out of shadows. Yeah, yeah. Heavy black shadows. It like, almost looks like a woodcut when you're looking at Mignola's art. Uh, really, really... Uh, fun to read, and as Alex says, puts you right into into the right mood for his kind of storytelling. Uh, so yeah, a couple of books to, to a couple of graphic nine. There's a lot of books in the, in both of these series. Uh, if you're interested, uh, Hellboy and Invincible, both really good to uh, sink your your reading teeth into. Uh, we've got time for one more of the uh, topics that we teased earlier. Uh, let's see, we talked about West Wing, but I don't think Max watched West Wing. What, what, what was the other one that we talked about? I don't think you talked about West Wing. I know, but we, what was another topic? Because you can't talk so much about West Wing. Uh, well, oh, I do have a topic for a documentary that we watched. Uh, Princess Bride. Oh yeah, uh, that, that was yeah. Before we start a new one, let's uh, let's talk about one that we both watched and and end it there, and then we've got lots for another podcast, which is always okay. Good. So I just want to tease for the next podcast. Can I just do a little teasel? Go ahead. Bat kid. Okay. Max has become obsessed up. with the idea of bat kid. It's a it's a great story. So. Princess Bride. We watched that on Family Movie Night uh, a couple nights, a couple Saturdays ago. And Max, tell us about Princess Bride. It's a great movie. Like it's about a a, a couple that has so basically a farm boy and a girl uh, who lives out. She really likes riding her horse, and they and so the husband. So they want to get married, but they don't have the correct money. So the husband goes on this voyage, and the ship gets attacked by a bat, by a pirate that doesn't take prisoners. So and then he takes a prisoner. Yeah, pretty much. But like, so uh, uh, it is a really good story. Like, so the princess now has to get married to a prince. And the prince, and keeps, and the prince has keeps trying to make sure that it never happens, but it does happen. And he he even got like fifty years taken away from him, mm -hmm. and which we which I'm pretty sure that's not actually proper science, but like you, I don't think you can take away the years of somebody's life, but may yeah yes or no, it, it depends on what on the machines. So basically. And in the movie, you see a lot of sword fights, and it's the same movie Well, My Name is Amigo Montoya, You Killed My Father, yeah, Prepare it's, to it's, Die. Yeah, it's the, My Name is Amigo Montoya, You Killed My Father, Prepare to Die. Enough said. <laughs> 
it's a really great movie. To basic, and, and it's a movie in which it's really being told by the grandfather to his sick grandchild. The Prince's Bride is the storybook that he's reading to the grandchild. Uh, grandfather played by your one of your father's all-time favorite actors, Peter Falk, who played Columbo in the Columbo TV series. Uh, and and it's just got all kinds of great actors, great story, great uh, plot development. It's really great, including a cameo by Billy Crystal. Uh, great stuff, yeah. So, Alex, what did you think about the movie? Uh, I had flashbacks from Neverending Story the second we meant they like mentioned that it's a book and they're reading it to their like. And they're like, read, and the people in real life are like reading it. Uh huh. Made you a little bit reminiscent. I'm like, oh my god, there are so many 19, like, 70s ish, maybe a little before that, maybe a little after, mm -hmm. like, movies that were exactly like this. And it's just like, what the. What'd you think of uh, uh, Andre the Giant? Um, yeah, he was a pretty good character. Like, I. Like Andre the Giant was the um, um yeah he was the one who was originally part of the guy who had the same voice as Wax from Toy Story. Yeah, he was he was one of Wallace Shawn's henchmen. Uh, what was Wallace Shawn's name in the movie? I'm I'm blanking on it, but he was the inconceivable guy, and he mm -hmm. did the movie. He did the movie voice for the dinosaur in Toy Story and a bunch of other uh, Disney stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's part of what made that movie so great is that all of the great character actors and and, and just great actors, period, who they brought together for that movie. Carrie Elway's uh, a really great actor. He played the lead uh, uh, man, the, the man in black, the farm boy. And Robin Wright, uh, Robin Wright Penn, who played Princess Buttercup, who's now uh, plays the, uh, the Mrs. Claire Underwood on uh, House of Cards, which is on uh, Netflix. Jesus. A little bit inappropriate for you guys, but this is a big turn. Wow. Yeah. There's there, there's a <laughs> between uh, Claire Underwood and uh, Princess Buttercup. You could not get more polar opposites. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, Princess Bride. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down, Alex? Overall. I give it an overall thumbs up because it has my name is Amigo Nontoyo. You uh, killed my father, uh, prepared uh, to die. That. You cannot argue against it. I don't care who you are. You cannot argue against that. That's just enough said. Go watch the movie. Max, what do you think? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Great movie. Princess Bride. Uh, yeah, lots of good stuff on Netflix. Uh, we've got a little bit more time, so let's just uh, real quick. So, Alex, your teacher in class to talk about uh, a subject uh, from two different viewpoints played a clip from this TV show and you come home and you say to your mother, oh my gosh, our teacher showed us this TV show. It was great. It showed all these different viewpoints. It's called The West Wing. Have you ever heard of it? And your mom spit out her coffee because <laughs> she was a huge fan of this show back in the 90s. And uh, she said, of 
course I've heard about it. Just about the same time. Also, it has Phil Coulson in it. Yes. You can see a, a young Clark Gregg who plays Phil Coulson in no, the Avengers. No, he's, he's Phil Coulson now. Okay, well, we don't even call the actor by the actor's name anymore? No, he he's like... He is Phil Coulson? He, he's Phil Gregg. Phil Gregg? He's Phil Gregg. Okay. Well, if you enjoy Agent Coulson from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, then go and watch some of the... I think you, he comes in around Season 2, Season 3, and he plays an, uh, a high-ranking FBI official, and it's very much kind of the same character. It's a, You can easily envision this as a, a young Phil Coulson yeah, working I, I in mean, the FBI. Yeah, it, it's like it's like Phil Coulson, the... the, 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 the. I cannot say anything today. I apologize just beforehand. I <laughs> just how do I English? <laughs> um, you can really imagine him like being like it's him working his way up to Shield. So it's Phil Coulson, the Before Days, mm-hmm. where he's like I don't want to say young recruit because he still looks like somewhat old, but still like a. Re- a recruit of Shield, and it's really cool because I'm like Marvel Universe, yay! There, it's it's fun to watch a show like West Wing uh, because there were so many actors that kind of funneled through that series that you either knew from other things or would go on to play much bigger roles. Uh, the actor that played Q in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, has a rather prominent role in the second season as either a lobster or a, or a lobster. <laughs> now I can't English. Uh, a lobbyist or a pollster. Or if he's somebody that's lobbying for pollsters, then he becomes a lobster. Uh, but Q is in it. Uh, lots of great actors uh, funnel through. Uh, what, what do you like best about West Wing? Uh, I like the politics in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I have been more and more enjoyed talking about politics and the West Wing kind of fills that in Mm -hmm. and it talks a lot about like stuff like, it talks a lot about like actual issues like this that are like happening and like it really gives you like insight to like what they actually are other than what you just hear in the newspaper mm-hmm. and in TV. Right. Like if they have a problem and it's this problem that everyone's like, oh, these people are really horrible. We should, they should die. Uh, they're, they'll like bring in someone on, on stage who will like be that person, one of those people. And that the news is saying, oh, they're so news or just like people will be like, Oh, they're so horrible. And they'll, like, this guy will be, this guy that everyone's saying is so horrible will be, like, really interesting and a really cool person. Mm -hmm. And it's just really interesting because you have so, like Dad said before, you have so many standpoints. There are so many viewpoints from just, like, everything that you get to hear all sides of the story, not just your own. Yeah, and and it's around uh, again. Season two, season three is when this thing takes off. But around about then, they, they it, it, the entire uh, White House uh, kind of speaks from the left side of the political spectrum. 
And I think wisely, they bring in this uh, character called Ainsley Hayes, and she's a conservative. And, and she does a really good job of representing the intelligent viewpoints from the right side of this political spectrum. So many times we, we get it, especially in, in American politics today, we get into this kind of thing where it, it, I'm right and you're wrong, and if you don't think the way I think, then you're stupid. And what the West Wing really did was uh, presented both sides. The, the show, let's be, let's be honest, the show leans to the left heavily, uh, but it did a really nice job of Giving fairly representing the conservative side, side yeah. too, which is good. That's what we need for healthy debate, because neither side is completely right, and we need to take into account both sides. We need to take into account people who don't think the way we do, and that's healthy. West Wing was great for that. Uh, we're here at school. As you can see, all of your friends are lined up in the playground, waving, waiting for you guys to come out. <sighs> we're the first ones here again. Yeah. Uh, so, Max, why don't you bring this one in for a landing? As you wish. Ha, <laughs> uh. No princess in the blood reference. Uh, we all got it. You know. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, speaking for myself, my dad, and my brother, whose name is Alex. Goodbye, everybody. You can find us on the I iTunes, the Blueberry Network, and Stitchers, Stitcher. I'm trying to say Stitcher. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure to rate and leave a friendly comment. See you all later. Let's get this show off the road. Oh, Dad, you're stealing my catchphrase.